the chance to make my parents proud is a big driving factor. The chance to be like someone my brothers can look up to and call at any moment, you know, someone who's competent enough to be a good older brother and a great son and just a good person in general. Welcome to another episode of the Delaware College Scholars Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by... Joseph Ayolokwe. Um, I go to Swarthmore College and I'm a neuroscience major and black studies minor. So, we're going to talk about your entire life. 18, 19 years? Um, 18, going to be 19 in February. Big February birthday. All right, yeah. so 18 years um, and really just talk about you being a student athlete at one of the top colleges in the country. I want to first start by just asking you, when did you first start playing soccer? Um, I started playing, I would say, around like six, seven, six, seven years old. I remember like going downstairs with one of my uncles and we were just kicking the ball around. And I just kind of fell in love with the game. But since then, that's when it really started. And then it's just been going ever since. At what point did you begin to kind of take the game at a more serious level? Um... Serious level, I don't think, I think it was, it only became serious like seventh grade when I got here and like I actually started playing on a team. But throughout in Nigeria, it was just like playing with friends, like after church, we would all just go out and play. And that's, that's all, that's really what it was. Like I never took soccer that seriously until I got to like middle school here. And like, I, I that was when I played my first game, like a ref and like on a grass field. Obviously a major transition from a life standpoint coming from Nigeria to the United States, but let's stick on soccer here a bit, and I guess just like talk me through that difference transition from playing in Nigeria at church to actually competing on grass fields in America. It was it was really it was just like it was all fun because I always wanted to play soccer. You know, you watch it like in Nigeria. But, like, there's no really facilities to, like, play at, like, a good level in Nigeria. So when I got here, it was all kind of just opportunity. And, like, I went to tryouts, made the team pretty easily. I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. And then from there, I just kind of kicked off at George Reed Middle School down down in Newcastle. And then just kept playing there. And it was just it was all just love for the game. I feel like as soon as I got into it, I just started to love the game more when, like, start playing How about from just a life academic standpoint, transitioning from Nigeria to the United States at the age of 12? I struggled a little bit in, I struggled a little bit like my first marking period here. I remember getting like, I would say like, like they were, this is what I remember specifically. I remember them giving the owner certificates out at the end of the marking period. I didn't get one. I was like, what's going on? And then I was like, and then since that day, I was, I swore I would never not get that anymore. And I got it for the rest of my time there. So, so that was, that was kind of, it was like eye opening to see everyone get that. I'm like, dude, I didn't get anything, but it was kind of difficult because I kind of had an accent at that time. The way they thought us was pretty different than in Nigeria. So, yeah, so we can go there. What was the biggest difference in terms of teaching styles um in nigeria i would say i'd say it's more it's a little more strict like it was it was it was was very strict in nigeria but the thing about it was here 
it wasn't that strict, but here I don't know how to even describe it. I just I just feel like I needed to acclimate to the weather of like the schooling system. So that's that's that. I think that was all it was. So after George Reed Middle, you decide to attend Delaware Military Academy. What went into that decision? Uh, why Military Academy? As you know, as a non-military academy goer, that can maybe seem somewhat intimidating. Yeah, back in Nigeria, so go back to Nigeria. I, my dad, my grandpa was actually in the Nigerian Navy. And my mom loved, like, the military style. Like, my mom loved the fact that I went to DMA. So she just, like, my mom didn't want me to go to Penn because, I don't know, she just had, like, she didn't want me to, like, just follow the status quo. So she kind of looked up other high schools. I was actually looking between DMA and, and, and Conrad. Actually, I was looking at Charter School of Wilmington, too. Okay. But I took the exam for that school. I did pretty well, but I, I just didn't like it. I just felt like it wasn't me. So then we went to DMA. We met with the Commandant, Mr. P. We had our... We had my interview, and so then, like, I went to the open house, visited, and I was like, I love it here. And he was talking about, like, the new turf and things like that, and, I met with, and then, like, I met with the coaches at open house, and I was like, yeah, I want to go here. And that was basically it, and I just, and I also went to a military school in Nigeria, so I was kind of familiar with it. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. In what ways did DMA help you grow as both? Well, let's just start with a, as a student first. As How a does student, DMA, help you? Um, DMA was a great school. I remember walking into a biology class freshman year um, with Miss Short. It was it was like that was the class that basically made me fall in love with neuroscience and bio. So like she was such a great teacher, and then just I mean most of the teachers at DMA are great teachers. Like all my math teachers were great. Science was lovely at DMA. Overall, like I feel like as a student, DMA. It was challenging, but not too challenging. You know, it was kind of like college, like you had to do your work. It was, I mean, DMA is a great school. I only have good things to say about it, but it was challenging, but not too challenging. Then as an athlete, right, you're playing soccer. Then sophomore year, you also decided to join the football team where you were kicker, punter, and then you also played tennis. So, again, just having those opportunities with the new turf, with highly successful teams at a school, you know, throughout the state of Delaware, that's... I would say known for their athletics as well mm-hmm. to the military. Um, what was that experience like for you? Um, it was really good to be part of like a good program. I, that's what I would say. Um, it was like good to, you know, we had good facilities. Our AD was really good. Everything was just like as an athlete, DMA is probably one of the most best places to go to because they really care. Like they truly care. You could see like the support we get at games and stuff like that. And like the other, like the administrators care about the students, and when you're in school, they care about what you're doing in school, but but also care about you on the field, which is pretty big. For you, at what point in your life did you start thinking college soccer? Right, because um, I think it's so like you again, you're playing in like Nigeria as a young kid. You yeah. come here, George Reed Middle. You start like you're playing on grass fields for the first yeah. time. DMA, you're playing on turf fields for yeah. the first time. Um, yeah, what moment does it click of like, hey, I want to potentially play at the next level? Um, at first, me and my mom like had this fight. She was like, you're not playing in college. I was like, mom, I want to. I can take this challenge. But then at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna see if I can play at the college level. So then that was when I started playing club. So I didn't get into club much like sophomore year, but then COVID wiped it out. So I started playing club. We went to like ID clinics. The coaches talked about college. And then I just started sending emails out to coaches just to see if I can play or not. And then I, like, made a highlight tape my junior year. And I just started going through, like, the basic process to play in college. And that was when, like, I started getting emails back from schools for football. And 
and um, soccer. So that was well. How cool. did you win the fight with your mom though? Tell me more oh. about. So mom saying like, yeah. no, Joe, like you are not playing. And I then just, you convince her too. I just brought out all my report cards. Like mom, look, <laughs> like if I keep doing this, there's there's no reason I shouldn't be playing. Like I just played three sports in one like in the school year, and now she have all A's. So like there shouldn't be any reason why I couldn't play. And then she kind of like. You know, she didn't. She didn't really give me an ultimatum. She was just like, "Okay, but you, you have to." You, you talked about like going to med school, being a neuro major. You have to keep up to that. And if you want to play, we'll support you regardless. So that's kind of how it ended up. Yeah. So you're the uh, the trump card in the argument was your report card, <laughs> yeah. and you saying like, "Yo, I got straight A's. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm yeah, good." That was it. Um, okay, so let's talk about then the decision because I know. For a lot of kids, right, the dream is like, hey, I want to be a Division One athlete. Mm-hmm. I need to be a Division One athlete. That's yeah. the only, again, especially for at the high school level, yeah. that's what most people think about. You're obviously at a very elite academic institution, also playing in the Centennial Conference, which is a high level, yeah. a Division Three conference. So at, at what point, like, how does the SWAT thing happen? How, like, how do you end up there? Um. So the first thing was I sent out an email. I didn't even know what SWAT was. I was just sending out emails when I saw the school, SWAT, and it was right next to Hopkins, so I saw SWAT and Hopkins. I was like, I just emailed both of them because I was really interested in Hopkins, but then SWAT kind of comes with Hopkins because they're really like competitive, both academically and athletically. So I emailed SWAT, and then I got an email back from the SWAT coach, and I was like, oh, wow. And he emailed me. I sent him my highlight tape. He was like, I'm really interested. And that was when I, that's when I like found out about SWAT. So that started looking more into the school, and it was like, I was like, whoa, this is a really good school. As you said there, after your conversation with Coach, after sort of researching SWAT and beginning to realize how great of a school it is academically, you apply and you get in, um, and, and we'll talk about your first semester, but I'm just curious as to how did DCS help you in that application process? I feel like, because like my parents were kind of like I wouldn't say oblivious, but they didn't really know how to go about the college process. So I feel like me coming to DCS and just being here was so was so instrumental in where I could get like writing my college essay year was so big because like every day I like emailed Riva and she was always helping me with it and like I feel like that's such a big reason to why I got into SWAT because I didn't even submit my SAT scores. So I feel like that essay was a big part of it and like I feel like DCS also helped to like discussion-based classes, because dis- I'm doing a discussion-based class now, and that helped me with, like, having a conversation and knowing to step down and let someone else talk and stuff like that. And then I just feel like DCS creates an atmosphere, an atmosphere like a college environment, like going to the cafeteria, walking, and then, you know, just knowing how to ask for help, like asking the advisors for help, I feel like that was a big thing, too. So just having having people to walk you through that process of, that process of going to college, because for some people who have never been through it before, or even have parents who've been through it before, it's really big. So I feel like that was a really good thing for me to have DCS help me walk through that. For you, you had a pretty successful first year, both in the classroom and on the soccer field. I guess I want to know for a lot of like like our scholars, right, who are making the transition from high school to whether it is an in-state school or whether it's an out-of-state school that transition can be challenging. Mm -hmm. So for you, I guess, what was the biggest transition from an academic standpoint that you had to make to get yourself in gear? Um, So I struggled for, like, first two weeks with, like, chemistry, 
math calculus was like I, I just didn't understand the way the teacher thought at first so it was kind of difficult to transition and then also playing soccer like soccer started even before school so like I was already in the swing with soccer and then school had it so it was just kind of a lot of weight but then like I just started I feel like I, I bounced off like my teammates who were like also freshmen and we all like worked together I feel like that was the biggest thing like working with people around me and then also like working with the teachers and stuff like that like Another big thing was I used Khan Academy so much. So I, I felt like that was a big reason to why I was kind of successful. And then just like time management was a big thing. So I, I, I learned how to time manage. Like I knew I had to do my work, go to practice, eat dinner, call back to my room and do more work. So that was kind of how it was. And then like at first I was like going to bed at like 12 and it wasn't really sustainable. So I kind of decided to like start waking up early, you know, at like 7 because I took our early morning classes because I thought that was the best way to like, get to practice and then have more time to relax. But then, you know, take to be done with classes by like by like um, 12, go eat lunch, do some work right before practice, and then work after practice and be in bed by like 11. How do you stay motivated and stay disciplined? Because all of what you just said uh-huh. in – practice is like it's very easy to say but to actually do it and to hold yourself to that standard so how do you continue to stay disciplined and hold yourself to that high standard um i talked about like being from nigeria i feel like that's something like i this is such a huge opportunity for me like every like my whole journey here has been such a huge opportunity and seeing how hard my parents have worked to just get me and my brothers in this position like that's really all the motivation i need to do well in school like seeing how hard like my dad like pushed himself to like where he is today. Seeing how hard my mom works every day, and seeing how much she like wants us to be successful, I feel like, I feel like that's like that's a big motivation factor for me. And like my grandpa back home, and every just everything that has to do with coming to this country is why I'm so motivated. So that's a big motivation for me. That's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So it's it's easy to be reminded of why yeah. you work so hard because you yeah. see mom. Because like see mom dad. calls me every day. She's like, I was school gone and she reminds me of everything. Like I'm the firstborn. My brothers are looking up to me. So it's like I it's not as I like a lot of people might see that as pressure. I just see it as what I have to do to kinda get the ball moving because I'm like the first one to go to college. Well I also think it's cool because what you described there, like it might be pressure. It might be a healthy amount of pressure. Yeah. And like you said, it's the opportunity, right? Yeah. So you frame sort of maybe a healthy amount of pressure as like, actually, I, I think it's opportunity yeah. and I'm going to continue to work hard and push yeah. myself and, and mm-hmm. continue to put myself in slightly uncomfortable uh, spots yeah. where I can grow. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a big thing, like being okay, being uncomfortable. Like this year, like on the soccer field, we had to like play two strikers up top. And I've never done that before. But, you know, I grew into that, you know, even in school, like having to teach myself stuff, that's never been a thing. But, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten better at being comfortable being uncomfortable. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like that's a big thing. Um, how was the transition to the soccer field this year? I know, obviously, you go from a high school level where, I mean, I watched, like, a game last year. I swear you had, like, ten goals in eight <laughs> minutes. Um, so, so you go from a level of where you're obviously – one of every time you step on the field, you're the best, or you're one of the top two, like if not the best guy. To where in college this year, it's a little bit of a transition to get on the field early. But then, as we sort of talked about, like in yeah. the car ride over here, you ended up like leading the team in points uh, when it came to conference. Play. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, I feel like coming coming into college soccer, I felt like I just had to. It was. I just had to transition into 
the physicality of the game and the speed of play and just knowing what to do before you get the ball. I feel like that was the biggest thing. So, like, at first, you know, I started pretty – I actually started pretty good. You know, at preseason, I was kind of hungry. But then it kind of – it dwindled off a little bit. But then as soon as the game started, it peaked again. And then I just kept working because I felt like, you know, when you get the taste of the bench and, like, sit in the whole game on the bench, you feel like you have to, like, step Yeah, that part's not bench. fun, right? Yeah, it's, it's really not, you know. And it's like a big conference game and you guys losing and like I didn't even get to play. But, you know, the thing about it is like if I don't get to play, I don't blame that on the coaches. I kind of feel like I didn't deserve to play because if I deserve to play, the coaches will play me. When you score your first career college goal, yeah. just walk me through that moment, that experience. I mean, that's pretty like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would imagine that's um, really cool. It was really cool. But the problem was we were down 2-1. So it was kind of just like we were down 2-1. There's like 20 minutes left. So I kind of, I came on, coach was like, you're going to score. I was like, all right, cool. So I just ran in, it was like a ball over the top, fought off like three defenders and just turned and shot it and it went in the back. It was like, it was it was a pretty surreal moment because like, damn, I just did that. It was like what I always do in practice and it was like probably the perfect goal for me. So I was like, okay. So then I kicked off and then I I would say that was one of my best games because I was kind of, I was pretty effective. I was I was attacking well. And it was a pretty good game for me. So I feel like it was a good moment, but that was kind of the moment we knew we weren't going to make the the playoffs. So it was kind of, it was bittersweet, but like I knew like up to that moment, all the hard work I've put in has paid off because I just did what I wanted to do all season. So If you think back to maybe the last four or five months um, and all that you've accomplished going to an elite institution, doing well in the classroom, on the athletic field, what are you most proud of? Um, I'd say I'm most proud of how much I have come being like that little boy, January 25th, getting on the plane to come to the United States. I'll say I've, I've grown a lot, both physically and mentally. I'll say I've leveled up my, like going into college, I've leveled up my mind to thinking. I've leveled up like how much, like my motivation factor, like my motivation isn't just like being like the best on the field. It's more than that now. You know, it's it's setting myself up for the future. Everything I did, I was thinking about, um, I was just going to affect my future. And I feel like that's a really good way to think at this age. Fill in this blank for me. In 10 years, I will be? Um, a neurosurgeon. Probably be at a hospital in New York, hopefully. And probably getting ready to... Probably already have a family. Yeah, probably getting ready to start a family or start a family, so... Okay. Yeah. So neurosurgeon, family, yeah. New York. Why New yeah. York? Um, I feel like I feel like until I have a family, I'm not gonna move out of New York. So like right after school, I'm kind of looking at Columbia as a school. I'm looking at for actually no, that's a lie. Stanford. I want to go to Stanford Medical School. Okay. And then after that, so that's I'm, a huge change from New York. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You go, yeah. You go from New I want to live in. I want to live in. I want to live in. I want to live in New York. Like after I've got like 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 my degree. Okay, got but, it. Like, I just feel like New York is a good experience. So, like, being a doctor in New York is just, it's, it's appealing to me. So, that's all right. Me. I got some rapid fire uh, questions for you. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite food? Um, jollof rice. It's a Nigerian food. What is your favorite soccer drill? Soccer drill. Like, practice drill. Um, just like, just shooting. Okay. What's your least favorite soccer practice drill? Um, anything that's to do with my left foot. Okay, anything. Um, who is the greatest soccer player of all time? Messi. 
No, no, no <laughs> hesitation. Yeah. And, and this was before what happened on Sunday. Yeah, this was way before the World Cup. It's always been messy. But okay. Now it's just staying Like, um, Who's your favorite soccer player of all time? Um, Probably Lukaku. Okay. Um, should I know who that is? Um, Probably, probably. probably. As a non-soccer observer watcher, um, who does he play for? Liverpool. No, <laughs> he plays for Inter, okay. but he used to play for Chelsea. Okay, um, he used but, to play for Chelsea. Yeah. What is your pregame uh, song that you absolutely have to um, have? Right now, it's Bigger Every Day. It's actually like a Christian song, but it's like really, really hype. Like it gets you going. What is your favorite memory playing soccer? Um... It would be, it has to be somewhere at DMA. I feel like just my last season at DMA was so sweet because we were like really good. We went 11 and 4. I feel like just a moment with those guys, like a group of like my best friends from high school, and we all grew up together and we're all now seniors. I feel like that was really good. Favorite movie? Favorite movie, um, and no, not Endgame, Infinity War. Infinity War. Um, who's your favorite soccer club, team, whatever? Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. why? Um, that's just like something that my family has been around. But funny thing is, like, my dad isn't even a Chelsea fan. So, uh, the last two questions that I always ask uh, each guest, my first question is, what's one piece of advice I normally say that you would give to your 16-year-old self, but mm -hmm. I'm going to change it to that January 25th date, I think you said, okay. when you hopped off the plane. So, what's one piece of advice um, you would give to that? That version of Joe. Don't let people dictate your happiness. I feel like that was a big thing that happened to me up until, like, maybe before my senior year. I feel like I would let people dictate how happy I was. But you just got to you gotta live for yourself and live, live, like, live for yourself. I think that would be the biggest thing. Don't let other people, like, dictate how happy you are. And then my last question for you um, is what is your why? Or another way to look at this is, like, what is your purpose? I said this before, but the chance to make my parents proud is a big driving factor. The chance to be like someone my brothers can look up to and call at any moment, you know, someone who's competent enough to be a good older brother and a great son and just a good person in general and just in general and then also living for living for God, you know, God's a big part of my life. So everything I do is looking at him and look and just making sure looking up to him and every like hardship and things like that so i feel like my purpose is living for my family living for god and being trying to be the best person i can be every day you are a very impressive uh person and uh you're like 18 going on 45 with <laughs> wisdom um so i appreciate you taking the time sure.